I'm Courtney. I'm Joe. And, and this, this is, is Courtney, Courtney and Joe, Joe Spoil, Spoil Everything. everything. Courtney, episode two of Angel, and we have a special guest spot today. Very excited for this one. This was a crazy one. This was a crazy finale. Lots of stuff going on. There's like 800 different storylines I'm going to try to weave into a beautiful quilt for our listeners as we go through here. So, Courtney, hit us up with some background stuff. Yeah, um, this was an interesting one, too, I think, because it had shifted so much from the uh, like the pilot episode when we watched it. So it was funny to try to piece together. But there were some things I actually really enjoyed because I was trying to look at it from the perspective of a longtime viewer. And I'm like, well, I think these are some pieces that they would enjoy. And, you know, we'll get to that after. But um, the thing with Angel is I talked a little bit about, uh, you know, how it came from Buffy and everything. And it was doing pretty well year to year as it went on. Um, but by the fourth the end of the fourth season ratings were kind of dwindling. So they wanted to pump some new life back into this and they brought in Spike. Um, Spike was the one that you met Joe with the bleach blonde hair. He's a vampire. He is a really dynamic, really popular and well-loved character from Buffy. You wouldn't know that. Um, Originally he's like a big bad in Buffy, but um, as the years pass, they kind of fall in love and he really just gets like a lot of attention from that. So when they brought him onto angel at work, like the ratings spiked with Spike. Um, However, at that point, from my understanding, Joss Whedon was kind of pressuring the WB to be like, okay, like, are we going to get that renewal for the sixth season? And he tried to use like the spike ratings to like leverage things. But a lot of times decisions about renewals will come at the last minute. And he kept trying to like be on top of them because it can shift some things with like cast and crew. Um, But he put a little too much pressure on them. So they just decided to cancel it in the end. So he kind of, from my understanding, bit himself in the his own ass a little bit. (laughs) So I thought that was really interesting. So it did end after five seasons. Not sure how well it wrapped everything up. I mean, we'll definitely, you know, when, when we introduce our guests, we can see that a little bit. I felt like maybe some things were still hanging out there, but uh, what'd you think, Joe? I enjoyed it because this, it took a completely different direction than when we first met Angel. This had a whole new slew of characters who I felt were you know, stronger in some cases. It still kept its kind of humor and um, kind of like kind of quirkiness that they would do in between the middle of like serious moments of like fighting and so on. And I don't know, I found it just pretty interesting. So that character Spike that you were talking about, James Marsters, he's a big Comic-Con guy. I, mm-hmm. I know him from from cons and stuff that I go to. Yeah. He once, when his, his first Comic-Con that he went to, they had to put like TVs out in the Fourier because it had like so many people they couldn't fit in the Q&A for him. Oh my gosh. And he once stayed an extra two hours just to sign everyone's autograph. So like he's a big like huge beloved by the fan people like absolutely why people show up. And um, fun fact about him a couple of fun facts about him. He was recognized pretty much for his platinum blonde hair. Uh, he admitted to adding four to seven sweet and low packets to the bleaching solution to take the sting out of it because he had to do it so much. Yeah, because his hair is actually like pretty dark in real life. Yeah. And when he um, when the show ended, he actually shaved off his uh, hair for on TV for um, for charity, which I thought was pretty cool. That's cool. And did you notice he's not British in real life? That's a put on for the shows. I didn't even notice. He yeah, was supposed he's to be a, British in the show. It went right over yeah, my head. Yeah, he's got yeah. So he's American in real life, but he puts on the British accent for it. 
Um, I couldn't tell you. Phil's, Phil did listen to who's our guest today. He did listen to our first episode where Joe like literally didn't know anything about Buffy. So a lot of this just makes me laugh a little bit. But I know you have one other person you want to talk about too with the characters. Well, yeah, I got a, I got another thing about Spike. Um, he actually lived at one point and is possibly still living on a house right on the beach. He once said during an interview that the worst part about living um, in L.A., for like his role of Buffy was that he couldn't go to the beach for any length of time because he'd pick up a tan. Oh yeah. Vampire. Uh, He also auditioned for true blood, but was deemed not tall enough by the producers. And uh, that was the first time he ever wanted to portray another vampire again, because he's so well known for, for being uh, spike in the Buffy series. Oh my gosh. That's so funny about the tan too. But yeah, they gotta be pale. They're vampires. They only come out at night. That's awesome. That's a great fact. So I always like to highlight a cast member or um, a writer or producer. So Josh Whedon, who we who we talk about, Joss. I wanted to dive. <laughs> uh, Josh, you're gonna every sci-fi person just had a collapse at that moment when you said Josh. So Joss Whedon, after locating uh, to Los Angeles, his first TV writing job was on Roseanne, and then he moved on to a script called Parenthood, and that's when he developed what would be the movie Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But he was so unhappy with the way that the script was extensively rewritten and made into a lighter tone that he, after he earned credits on like Alien Resurrection, Toy Story, uh, which he, you know, was Oscar nominated, he went into getting Buffy made because he was so pissed off about oh. how, 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 like how light the movie made out of it. Well, it's funny. What I think is most ironic about what you said is that he worked on Roseanne because that's where Glenn Quinn probably comes into play. So Doyle, who we saw in the pilot episode, um, he was on Roseanne. Were you a Roseanne watcher? I was. I used to love Roseanne, like old school Roseanne. That was Becky's boyfriend turned husband. The one that played oh, wow. Doyle. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I wanted you to bring him up in the first one, but I'm glad you didn't till now because I was like, I kind of knew what happened to him in real life. And I was like, okay, like that's probably why he's not here. So my initial thought was, okay, Glenn Quinn died before the series of Angel ended. So true. I mean, he did, but that's not why he's not here. So he actually only lasted nine episodes, which I think is very unique. Cause I definitely thought like when he's in the opening creds, like, oh, he's going to be here for a while, but he was in nine episodes and he died like a hero. Like he, you know, whatever. He died for the greater good type thing. They actually, I read that they wanted to bring him back in season three and kind of make him into a, like a villain villain character, but they really couldn't because of his like drug addiction. And then he eventually like passed away. <laughs> so like, it's, it's like, I knew that he wasn't going to be here in the end, but my right. idea of why he wasn't here was kind of a little bit different than this, but yeah, kind of sad surroundings about that. But that's interesting. That's definitely where he came from with uh, Jasper and Roseanne then. Yeah, and it looks like we're going to go back to Joss's universe eventually because we had talked about maybe doing Firefly. Firefly. Mm-hmm. And that's something that he um, gained a cult following for and then did the spinoff film uh, Serenity in 2005. Yeah, yep. Um, so without further ado, I definitely want to introduce our guest here before we get too much down the angel realm. Um, so our guest today is Phil Loeb. He is a fellow Syracuse University alum like me. Um, he's a post supervisor for film and TV. He does a lot of popular web content. Some of his credits include Gay of Thrones and All-American High Revisited. Um, so welcome to the show, Phil. Thank you so much for joining us. 
Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk uh, talk Angel and uh, see how you guys uh, reacted to this uh, bonkers final episode. Yeah, yeah. I can tell when, when we were saying some things, he's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, get into it more. Yeah. So I actually wrote up five questions because I was like, I want to see how much of a diehard fan Phil is. Like, so, okay. I feel like they go from easy to the hardest. So uh, my first question, this is carryover from Buffy. So, as a human, what nationality was Angel? Uh, he was Irish. He was. He was indeed. Yeah, he really lost that accent over time. Huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For 300 years, you just kind of like it dwindles when you're in California. Um, who was the first character to die on Angel? Oh, the first character to die on Angel. Uh, I guess technically it was, uh, was it Tina, the... The hostess he was uh, hanging out with, or he was supposed to protect. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah. And then yeah. the first main character to die was Doyle, like we said. Yeah. Um, which one of the main characters from Buffy didn't appear in Angel? Main characters from Buffy that did, uh, would that be? Alexander. Yep. Yeah. He actually, yeah. Um, when Buffy was done, he volunteered to like. <laughs> probably because he didn't see any work coming down the pipe but he like volunteered to come on angel and they're like you won't fit in so (laughs) dismissed yeah (laughs) okay so which of the five seasons did not have a buffy crossover Ooh, that one i want to say four Close. It was season three. I don't know the yeah. rhyme or reason for it. I, I actually do. The reason okay. why was because I think at that point, Buffy had moved from C- or WB to UPN. Because oh. at season five, they at season five they did like a an ending, and then they resurrected the show onto a different um, onto a different uh, with a different network. And so I think the crossovers that like that first year they weren't able to do the crossovers like they were kind of doing. Cause like there was one episode where like it, one Buffy episode ends and it picks up the plot in angel. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. They, I stopped I, in the first episode. I don't think I mentioned this, but she, after she graduated high school, I only watched a little bit after that. Like I kind yeah. of lost, and especially when it moved to UPN, I was like, peace. Like, so there yeah. was a lot of that that I like missed. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and the tone was very different during those years. Yes. It was like much, it was much more grown up versus like the oh yeah, this high school is hell. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, I have the last one. I feel like this is the hardest one, uh, right. but Joe's gonna get a kick out of this. Um, which country legend was an executive producer on Angel? Country legend. Wow, uh, the hardest. That I that that I do not know. Joe, do you want to guess? I have no idea what country legend would be. Is it female or male? Female. Okay, I knew that. Um, I'm going to say it's probably Reba. Joe, why would I be so excited for this question? Who would it Fine, be? It's Dolly Parton. It's Dolly Parton, of course. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I guess that she had met someone associated with it and kind of just like, I mean, she's listed as an executive producer. How many hands she had in the pot, you know, we don't know. But <laughs> yeah, see, so I taught you something today, Phil. Yeah, that's great. So, um, before we kind of get into the rest of this, I want to know what your, as a longtime fan, you're someone who sat down and watched this. What was your initial feelings like when you watched this 16 years ago? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I actually came a little bit late to the Buffy verse. Like my first introduction to Joss Whedon was uh, Firefly. Okay. And I was like, I was like, I love Firefly, really dug it, uh, you know, knew the movie was coming out. And so like the summer before the movie came out, I just like binged, you know, this was the era of DVD on TV or uh, TV on DVDs. 
so you know i was able to just get all the seasons so i was like i started off with buffy i had a friend who was really into angel didn't watch buffy and he was like you gotta watch angel and i was like i don't know this you know i kind of felt that like uh, this is a little cheesy like you know it's it, it's a little bit cornier than what buffy was right right but you know i started getting into film noir i really saw started seeing a lot of the film noir influences so i so i said okay i'm gonna jump into this and i really got into it kind of lost the plot a little bit in the middle for me and then season i started season five and season five like upends everything like you know when you talked about like spike being a big like ratings boost like everything from the plot and the storytelling they did like some crazy episodes where like there's one where they're like puppets like everyone gets turned into puppets oh my god uh, they did an episode where spike where it's like a world war ii like submarine drama and it's spike and uh spike and angel in a in a world war ii submarine vampire spikes working for the nazis and angels working for the oss oh my and god and they're like and so like they just like you know they just took big swings with everything so it was yeah. just you know it was like so much fun and then just you know in terms of the, the narrative arc they were you know, the big twist in season five was that Angel was now working for the the entity that was like the villains, the the law, the law firm. He became like they, he became the, the the managing person of the law firm. So his team was managing the villain, the villains, basically, in L.A. So that was a big uh, that was like a massive change in terms of the storytelling that they were right. doing. And then uh, so when we got to the final episode, it was like, oh, man, this is like so good. They're firing on like I can't wait to see what they do more. And then they smack you with this like okay and and you know and it's kind of i think you know the initial you know sort of the initial feeling on it was you know uh this is kind of weak you know uh, you know very it felt very much like uh i think sopranos kind of yep. had that, that kind of feeling of like yeah. you know what but i think over time i kind of felt like it was probably given the circumstances the best ending that they probably could have done with knowing that this was like network tv budgets you know yeah. you can't really stretch those like big fights you you know you resolve most of the plot lines and you know joss whedon was always kind of the mastermind of like trying to develop these like larger than life universes and like kind of expand the marketplace which they ended up doing because they did like a comic book series so they did like a comic book series for for like five or six years and all details everything afterwards they did more buffy like you know they just really like you know blew it you know like if you wanted more you yeah, the get cash more cow. yeah 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 you know they you know they were happy to tap that well for as long as possible well before joss whedon was like okay i'm gonna go do marvel movies for a bit so right and this i mean there's definitely some things and i know joe's got like questions and mm -hmm. thoughts about it too but there's definitely a few things in here where i was like Oh, well, that's an interesting twist. Like, even from this one episode, I could see, like, little surprises happen. Yeah. Well, James Marster's character is actually yeah. all three of his TV shows end up being comic, comic books because he's in Smallville, too. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Let's get into the live watch. Yeah, let's. Well, wait, before we go, what happened to Cordelia? So Cordelia, so Cordelia in the episode where Doyle dies, she actually becomes the possessor of the vision. So Doyle, when he sacrifices himself, gives her the vision. So she becomes the vision, you know, so she's the one that's sort of like driving a lot of the cases that the angel investigations, but she's sort of like the avatar of the, uh, the powers that be. So like the sort of in the struggle of good versus evil. Um, and at some point, you know, she falls in love with Angel. And at some point they like, they sort of have this like, you know, on again, off again relationship throughout the series. And then she ends up, uh, she ends up in a coma at the end of season four. And I think that's when Charisma Carpenter was kind of like, I'm ready to kind of take my exit out, yeah. exit out of this or go off to bigger things. 
So, so she sort of spends most of season five in a coma. And then I think it was the hundredth episode. She actually comes back and like, she sort of gets like one last day of happiness. And that sort of gets mirrored, you know, later in this episode. And she, she sort of confesses her feelings to Angel and then sort of tells him about, and sort of, she's sort of the key that sets up a lot of the events that go on in this episode about the prophet, the Shansu prophecy and the, the sort of the order. And then she just kind of just then, and then Angel finds out that it was just her spirit that was kind of projecting that she just died in the hospital. Like, you know, oh. that time. so, but that oh. was also, an, that was also an effort on their part. Cause they were also trying to have like Doyle. Cause that, that was sort of their way of getting Doyle back into like the plot line since Doyle was like so key to the beginning so it was sort of like trying to put a bow around everything since yeah they were, the, they were the original three in the in the you know the start of the series i appreciate that because joe yeah. and i have watched a lot of shows that start mm-hmm. as like a small ensemble and when they grow they've kind of forgotten the originals yeah. and so i appreciate that okay joe i'm ready i'm ready for the live view live watch all right so we begin the episode angel is in this like standoff with the rest of his posse. Um, Angel has told the gang of his intention to destroy the circle of the Blackthorn by killing its members while they are separate. The gang agree to help, and Gunn asks about the possibility of including Alira. Angel realizes Alira must have been attacked in order to abduct. I'm going to be fucking terrible with these names throughout this. So it's, hard, it's so bad. It's hard for me. I just have like things that I knew them by. Like I didn't even try the names. Yeah, I'm like blue girl, red hair. Yeah. And then I had to yeah, go back and like guy. rewrite yep. the names. Yep. Uh, she must have been attacked uh, to abduct Drogon from her protection and tells the gang no need to check on her. And then he is forced to confess that he's killed Drogon. I don't know who that is, but whatever. Yep. Before anyone can react, the gang are forced to continue their charade in in fighting because they had like a concealing spell that made it look like they were all fighting. A glamour. Uh, I know that term from the craft. So a glamour <laughs> is like when something appears, but it's not, right? Felt yeah. like essentially. Yeah. Okay. The gang returns to Spike's apartment. Uh, to find Elira barely beaten, and they all try to discuss if they can really trust Angel. So, like, with Elira, or whatever she is, so she's yeah. played by Amy Ackers, and from yeah. my understanding, Amy plays two characters on that show. But- so, so she played two characters on that show. So initially, she played this character, Fred, and she was, like, the love interest of Wesley, and so she was, like, this, like, she was kind of, like, this timid, like, nerd-type person, and she was actually kidnapped to a demon dimension, and, like, she lived there. Like, for her, it was, like, hundreds of years or like you know like several years passed but it was like it was like a it was a very traumatic experience so she, so she kind of comes and she sort of she sort of becomes like the 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 technical brains of the operation when she joins the investigations team and then she sort of sort of opens up and she starts kind of getting her normalcy back and then in season five the senior partners bring like a, a demon coffin and she opens it up and she breathes she breathes like the essence in and slowly her soul is eaten away by this demon Ilyaria. Okay. Ilyaria. And then yeah, so she becomes so she becomes this so she she looks like Fred, but she's actually this like ancient ancient warrior demon who was supposed to destroy the planet. But then like this demon is sort of in this kind of like weird place because she's like, Oh, I don't have like my armies and like I'm actually kind of powerless to do anything in this. So on my so own. She, so she sort of treats so she sort of treats everyone as like lesser, but like they're also the, like the only friends she has. So it's sort of like she oh, hangs out with them. So yeah, so that sort of becomes her thing. So she sort of like plays like um, she's sort of like an outsider. Yeah, but she's she but the Ilyaria 
Ilyaria character only shows up like I think in the last like half of the like that was like a big major like revelation in the middle of the season when she when Fred dies. Uh, that that reminds me of. Did you watch Heroes? Mm-hmm. When we did Heroes, because of course, like we only watched the first and the last. Allie Larder is it Allie Larder, Joe? Yeah. She we're like, why does she have a different name and a different power? And like, our yeah. thank God we had guests for that one because we would have been so messed up. Because they're like, well, actually, she was a triplet. And like, there was like all these things. Yeah, there were there were a lot. A lot of long winded explanations in that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Joe. So, so in this scene, his business must be really successful because he went from this like basement dwelling office to this fancy like high rise with a marble backdrop, which is also still covered in weapons. So yeah, they must be doing all right. Now they work for a law firm. So, you know, you got that law firm retention fees. So, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I have a question. I know. Sorry, Joe. But I do. <laughs> the green guy whose name I still don't know. The green demon yeah. looking guy. How is it that he just walks around as like a green person and no one cares? Like, is the world like become like accepted? Like, what what world are we living in here? Uh, I think it's because he's never like out in like daylight, and then he's only like the only time you ever see him. He he used to be a nightclub owner, and like his whole gist was like he could tell like your whether you're lying or not based on your singing karaoke. So that was like his bar. Okay. So he ran that bar. So that's how he got kind of introduced. And he uh and Lauren was sort of the uh was supposed to be like a little bit of like the kind of comic relief character. Yeah, of I the think series. I got that vibe, yeah. Yeah. So he uh he ended up uh but I think it's just because like the the law firm is like an evil it's like the law firm from hell you know that's sort of the metaphor that they're going for so they like they work with like vampires and like demons so like so it's probably normal him there and then i think he only like comes out at night but yeah but that you know that was sort of like one of the concessions it's like oh it's la they're just that that was like a big thing about like why they said in la was like it's like dual mask and it's like dual identity of places so yeah they're probably like this dude just puts on makeup every day okay yeah like well how Okay. <laughs> well, speaking of makeup, it took him two hours every day when yeah. they went to go do the makeup for him. And uh, fun fact, he's also from Cape Cod. Oh, actor, so that's pretty cool. Joe is from Massachusetts. Yeah. So we love that. <laughs> so, and then you have Marcus Hamilton, who's played by Adam Baldwin. Um, is he an actual Baldwin brother? No, he's not. Like in the Baldwin clan? Like, is he he's, like. He's, he's, not, he's not in the Baldwin clan. Okay. Uh, not, not the, not the Stephen, uh, uh, Stephen one variety. <laughs> well, he was an Independence Day Full Metal Jacket in my favorite movie, The Patriot, uh, which he plays a spinoff yeah. of Benedict Arnold. Also, also star starring Roland Chuck. Oh, yeah. we like we've talked about doing Chuck on here because we. Well, the thing is, I watched a couple episodes of yeah. Chuck when it first came out, but that was like eons ago. So there's no way ago. I remember it. Yeah, because I worked at Best Buy at the time, so it seemed <laughs> appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So Marcus Hamilton uh, comes in. He's the liaison of the senior partners and calls Angel to an emergency Blackthorn meeting. At this weirdo demonic sex dungeon meeting, uh, <laughs> members express doubts about Angel's loyalties. Why is there a dude blindfolded with a leash sucking on some random old devil's like oxygen tank? And there's one random human lady who looks like Hillary Clinton. I don't get this. <laughs> well, uh, first of all, my thought was like, oh, are they doing kind of like a, um, like, not twin, like a blue velvet thing with like sucking on the oxygen tank? I, I don't know. <laughs> but like, um, I loved it because, because Joe, here's the thing. I mean, Phil can explain this better, but like, there's always like people who underneath are like a demon, but they look 
like a regular person, right? Phil, it's basically yeah. kind yeah, of that, that, that's basically, you know, it's just like they're just power hungry because like uh, Angel's like kind of, I think the main antagonist of the show is kind of um, uh, is, uh, as Lindsay. Uh, yeah. he, he was in the first episode like he's actually uh, one of the he's like one of the only characters who's in the first and last episode and he's uh, and he's sort of he's sort of the main antagonist and he's just a regular garden variety human he's just hungry for power like that's his whole MO is like I just want to be more powerful and he starts off as like junior lawyer and he's trying to move up the rent you know the, the corporate ranks at Wolfram and Hart so so like those are those types of people that are just kind of hanging but like that you know they really want they really want to drive like that thing you know i think joss Whedon just really hated lawyers when he kind of when he kind of like devised this thing and you know because i was like a very easy like punch down for him to do yeah. um, on lawyers of just being like look at these soul-sucking you know you know deviant people who you know just like hang out in secret cabals and societies and like wear leather all the time <laughs> <laughs> willing to make deals with the devil yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's creepy as fuck. And yeah. during yeah. this meeting, they uh, they tell Angel he must relinquish um, the reward foretold by the Shanshu prophecy. Uh, so Izzy, Izzy the Devil produces an original scroll and pen, which he stabs through the back of Angel's hand so that he may sign in his own blood. Angel signs his name, giving up the chance that the vampire with a soul shall become human after playing a pivotal role in the apocalypse. Yeah, like... This is finally where it started because I'm sure you heard Phil. I wasn't as super into the pilot episode, <laughs> but <laughs> but what, this is where I kind of was like, "Ooh, I'm on board for this." Like Angel becoming a human. Because here's my whole like thing. I know what I, your whole thing is. You're such a huge fan of Little Nicky with Adam Sandler. <laughs> that it really strike home with you. Ugh. And yeah, I, I actually always hated that Adam Sandler one. But no, but like I always I like. When I said my prediction was, like, I want him to be a better version. I want him to, like, right his old wrongs. Like, that, to me, would be the ultimate thing. Like, okay, well, what's better than a vampire or a human? I got, you know, in some respects. So I thought that would kind of be a nice thing for him. And my understanding, yeah. if it went on in season six, is he was going to become human. See, my, my feeling is that really what you were looking for was the uh, was the vampire version of My Name is Earl. Yeah. So, yeah was like him getting, getting the list and like going out, going out with his crew, you know, and, and you know, wearing dirty flannel. Yep. And, uh, and I really around. liked that show. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I would have liked that a lot. I'm very much into like, I hate like detective-y shit, but I know you love Veronica Mars, so I'm not going to put down too much. But, um... But like, yes, I think I wasn't. <laughs> That's why I wanted this. That's oh. what you wanted Joss Whedon to go with. Well, maybe when they reboot it. In, uh, yeah. <laughs> Call me for ideas. So the next scene, Angel speaks with his assistant, Harmony, about being human and asks her if she ever misses it. She remembers being turned during her high school graduation. I thought this was a th super throwaway scene, but boy, was I wrong. Yeah. Uh, Angel then goes to meet, uh, I guess, his former foe and now friend, Lindsay, and asks for his help destroying the Black Thorn. Uh, Lindsay is suspicious of Angel's offer, but then finally agrees. Lindsay is such a weird cat. He's like saying all these weird like hillbilly sayings, but in like the smooth voice. And I'm like, what? I don't get the essence of this guy. He's like, he's like Miley Cyrus's dad. He's like Billy Ray Cyrus <laughs> and like just giving me a weird soul patch vibe. Yeah, he is a little, and he like, like in that first episode, he was like clean cut suit lawyer person. And now I was like, yeah, I'm like, oh, he's a little rock and roll. Like, yeah, he's different for sure. Is that I just don't his? remember him from the first episode. He but... was the one that we said when the guy went out the window. 
Yeah. He was yeah, the one that were like on the phone. Like I get it. But yeah. I just didn't put the two together when I was oh, watching yeah. yeah. Uh so Angel goes back to informs his friends that they are killing the Black Thorn members tonight. Angel advises his friends to spend the um the rest of the day off and live it to the last day because it probably is their last day alive. And now cut yeah. to jazz tunes from the green guy yeah. reciting a poem. Well, this is a weird like, couple. This is like what I like though, and Phil, I want your feedback on this part because yeah. I wrote in here, I said, I have to imagine if you're a longtime fan that you've been tight with these characters and they've been enjoyable yep. to watch. And it's and like him saying, like, go do your thing. has got to be kind of funny to like, each oh. Of, like, oh, yeah, totally. choices. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, and well, because like each choice is like very predicated on like the type of character that they were or that they are. Right. And, like, you know, and like the decisions, because like Spike reading that poem is like it was like an unfinished poem that he was writing and and like he was like notoriously known as like a bad poet in his previous life like in his like previous iteration so like so him finally like finishing the poem and like going up on stage and reading it was like a big you know was supposed to be like this big like rounding moment for the character and then you know and then uh when gun goes back to the uh to the uh to the shelter and he's like helping the the woman move the woman is actually a character she's like this like one recurring character who's like popped up in under different names throughout the entire franchise oh. and and like she, like and i think it's just like like i think they just really liked working with this actress and they just kept forgetting that they kept hiring her <laughs> so that's why she had different names but they came up with like an excuse like after because she, she was in sunnyvale like she was in high school there and then yeah. she came down and like help you know help the helpless so so like that was like a you know so that was like a nice moment so you got all these like nice moments about like these character moments you know and like you know wesley spends it with uh spends it with Ilyaria and like helping her you know helping you know heal her and like you know helping her come to terms with like her own like weakness and, right. like, his, and his own sadness so like there was all these like really good moments and so you know and i you know i think like the most recent show that kind of equated a lot of that was like um there's like one episode of the final season of game of thrones and i think it was actually the only decent episode in the last season where it was just like everyone's just like hanging out in the castle before the white walkers come and it's just them like kind of like having Same their last moments yeah. yeah yeah and just you know they're like telling stories or like you know or like you know when you know when brianna tarth gets knighted you know everyone's like oh yeah hell yeah finally you know and so you get like this you know you get a lot of that emotional closure before you know when like the shit's about to go down. Yeah, that's what I like when there's attention to detail with that because I think a lot of the times what's it, what has happened, especially when we did our season one and some of the shows that we did was like, we got to the end and they're like, Joe's like, what did they have? 20 bucks? He's like, they like they dialed it in. Like, you know, and here it's like attention was paid to like each of those things and even if, even us just watching it like off the cuff here, like could tell that that was wrapped in there. Like, yeah, what did, yeah. What did you think about that, Joe? Well, the, the the previous scene with the assistant, I I got it wrong because I thought it was the beginning of the goodbye to all the characters. Oh. So usually with shows like this, they'll try to like touch on someone and give them like a brief goodbye and like a last scene, yeah. and kind of like him asking her what it's like to be human and her just being like ditzy. It's like her goodbye because she's probably the same throughout the whole thing, which we learned is like very much the case. But and then after they get to like another goodbye, which I thought was, you know, Angel visits his son Connor at college. Connor reveals that he knows Angel is his father. His memories are now mixed in with his new ones. and He understands, appreciate that everything Angel's done for him. Angel's son. Mm-hmm. Does he look familiar to either of you? Oh, yeah. Yes. But who yeah, is it, it? It, it's Pete Campbell from Mad Men. Yeah. Oh, Not great, Bob. Oh my God. 
I kept looking at him and I yeah. was like, the eyes, I'm like, but yeah. I can't tell who he is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh little, my God. Yeah. Little, little baby Vincent Carthizer. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. How is, how is his son? My question about all that, I know this is like, oh, there's magic and all that, but how is his son? Who do you go to Poundtown with? Uh, so, so he went to Poundtown with uh, Darla, who was his, was his angel's vampire partner uh, back in season two when he was introduced. So she comes back. She actually gets her soul back at one point, but she, uh, but she, she was actually when she was sired, she was dying of syphilis. So the Ooh. syphilis came back when she nice. gained her soul back when she when she stopped being a vampire. So she goes back to be. So she goes back to being a vampire. This is a safe, then, safe sex message for everybody. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, that in. A little dare commercial. So she ends up having a kid. So she so they end up having sex. I think while she's human, so that's why they're able to have like a baby. Oh. And then, even though she gets turned into a vampire, and then like there's like a weird, complicated thing, and then like Connor gets the baby gets kidnapped. I think at the end of season three, and he's taken to like a demon portal portal world, and he's like trained to hate his father. So then in season four, he sort of he sort of comes back as like full grown and ready to like rumble with his you know rumble with his dad. And oh, so God. there's a lot. So there's like a lot of like tension there. And so that was like him. Uh, so like him erasing his memory was trying to protect him from like being used as an influence or a weapon right. against him. So do the old soap opera casting. Yeah, yeah. He has powers though, right? Uh, I think he's just like a regular human with like, but like maybe it's because he's like half vampire. I don't okay. think they ever like really we'll got get into. To it. We'll get yeah. to why I asked that question. In yeah. A bit. So Angel explains that they're doing. He's explaining the divide and conquer method that they're going to do to kill all these demons. Everyone heads out uh, with Wesley and Gunn putting past their differences um, and shaking hands. As they leave, Lauren tells Angel this is the last thing he's going to do for him and that they will never see him again. Spike asks Angel if there is a chance that the Shinshu prophecy uh, will come true and one of them will become human if they make it through the coming battle. Angel assures Spike that they're not going to make it. All right. Here's where everyone needs to buckle in because it's going to get yeah. Fast and Furious. It's wild. <laughs> yep. You go ahead and strap that in. Uh, in his office, Angel is confronted by Hamilton, who knows that Angel intends to kill Sebastian. Hamilton seduced Harmony, the ditzy um, assistant, who That's betrayed so. Angel's plans. Angel tells Harmony, despite her protest, that he knew that she would betray him eventually as she's a vampire without a soul. He fires her. That was her the best exchange <laughs> when she's like... She's like, why? He's like, well, you have no soul. <laughs> it, was like, it, was, it was like two twits just like bitching at each other. And then fires her and orders her to leave the building, but allows her to collect a pre-written letter of recommendation, which is so fucking weird. And then she's like, okay, you guys are going to fight? Okay, best of luck. Let the best man win. He goes, okay. he goes it's under the desk. Like, those are the things that are from, like, Buffy, though, where it's, like, those funny, just, like, like, you're like, wait, you're, out of, you're like removed for a minute. Oh yeah. my gosh. With that, Harmony leaves and Angel begins to fight Hamilton. But uh, Angel finds himself on the receiving end of like a ton of powerful blows. Hamilton knocks Angel across the room, reminding him that he's lived an unremarkable life by drinking and whoring. And that if he hadn't met Darla that fateful night and became a vampire. Um, Who? Is this man that he's fighting and why? I, I couldn't put so, that together. So Hamilton is like the he's sort of like the the mouth of Sauron in in this in this institute. He so he represents the interests of the senior partners of the of the the 
law firm. Okay. The wolf, the, wolf, the ram, and the heart, as he as he says. Uh, and uh, so uh, there was uh, so the woman that was like worried about Lindsay uh, Eve, she was like the original. She was the original like sort of like liaison when Angel took over the the law firm. But then like she did such a bad job that they're like, get out of here. You're you're done. You're fired. So then they brought in they brought in special guest star Adam Baldwin to sort of be like the muscle and you know be like, okay, like we're gonna we're gonna do this. So they so then they imbued him with like. Uh, you know, with like his evil demon, their evil demonic powers. Yeah, so, yeah, but that, but he like he was like, uh, he's sort of like the mid season like replacement villain for the last last half of the run of this year, uh, season. So, because what I really liked that they did in this part, and I don't know what you guys felt about it, but there was a, there was a lot of little twists that came because as they're fighting, um, and they mentioned the, am I going to like the Archduke demon, like whatever he was. And they do that little thing. He's like, well, I poisoned him. Like, it's just so cool how like you think that's like going to be the big fight, but really it's here. And like, they just cut into like things that were happening behind the scenes. I, I also feel that way about the next part. And I know you're going to explain that part, Joe. Yeah. So what happens is that he tries to break Angel's spirit by telling him that, you know, Doyle, Cordelia and Fred have all followed him and they all died. Um, in that he even asked him, hey, like, did you really think you had a chance at killing Sebastos? And um, he goes, I already have. And during the last meeting with the Circle of the Black Thorn, Angel poisoned Sebastos' demon servant with, like, a ring. He, like, stabbed them that had poison on it because he knows that Sebastos drinks his servant's blood. And he yeah. figured that Hamilton was the only one he really needed to kill and knew that Harmony would tell Hamilton about Angel's plan. So... Yes, that I liked that. And then um, <laughs> just when I was like giving props to Lindsay, I'm like, wow, Lindsay can really like wield a sword because then he starts like whipping it around in the next scene. Then this surprise I liked even more. Yeah. Explain so that. at Senator Bruckner's uh, campaign office, Gunn kills a senator by throwing an axe. Like during the middle of a fight, she's still trying to like talk campaign strategy, <laughs> like on the phone with someone, which I thought was so fucking oh, weird. <laughs> But he ends up being surrounded by a dozen vampire guy uh, bodyguards, and he's like, "Well, this is why y'all don't vote." And then, like, just starts breaking out like the, the Spider-Man oh fucking wood things. It starts like trying to mess people up. Uh, Spike, disguised in a long black robe, sneaks into Fell Brethren's uh, living quarters and lifts a baby out of a ceremonial bassinet. Faced with several angry demons, he goes into battle with a sword in one hand and a baby in the other. Mm. Meanwhile, Alira uh, easily destroys Izzy and the other members of the Blackthorn. That was like that. It wasn't even a battle. You didn't even see it. You just saw this car on fire. And I'm like, okay, whatever. To to Um, Phil's point, I think it's one of those things where it's like, we don't have the money for the big battles. It's like, you know, it's like, let's do it. We got to wrap up five, six people's storylines. Let's do it. Yeah, it's like (laughs) thousand different battles. This was a 22 episode season. Let's not forget that for an oh hour. Oh my long. god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. Is very different time times when they made like long long form shows like this. So. Yeah, that's oh my god. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> Lorne and Lindsay leave the Dej, uh Seravin clan. I don't even know. Lindsay remarks how strange and <laughs> nice it is to feel that he's fighting on the side of good. Lorne yes. tells Lindsay that that might be true today, but he knows that probably won't last. Lindsay argues that he's capable of change and offers to sing. But Lauren shoots Lindsay in the chest, revealing that the one last job of Angel was that he kills yes. him. This is the if part. If you're not part of the solution, Lindsay, you will never be. 
Lindsay dies angry and stunned that it wasn't Angel himself who killed him, but instead one of his flunkies with the job that's done. Lauren leaves the building and the team behind forever. That was so good to me because I could, like I said, I could put myself in the shoes of a longtime fan and just be like, well, okay, this guy was in the first episode. He's here. They've probably been fighting all five seasons. And when he shoots him and he goes, you kill me? Like, Angel's supposed to kill me. Like, he always knew that he was going to, like, die like you know in some way shape or form but he expected it to be a big battle and i think that's probably like what the audience expected like there's always going to be this epic battle with them and then it's just like boom dead like see ya i I loved that from the comic relief character no less too yeah it's like it's like like, you know because like you're kind of wondering like why the hell is this guy like even in on this plan like he has no real abilities like he's like he's like their interrogation kind of dude you know he's like interrogate people and they're like, and so, you know, he, whatever he's got to do is important, but like, you're kind of, you know, they, you know, they kind of have this tenuous truth and you always believe Angel to be the good guy. Like, you know, he's always trying to do the right thing. So then for him to basically order like the most happy-go-lucky character in this group to then commit murder, you know, yeah. you know maybe justified murder, but murder nonetheless, you know, like that was like, oh <laughs> Yeah, that's a so, I, there was these subtle like spins and I'm like, this is so cool and i don't know it like i don't know if that pisses some people off but i thought it was just neat it was a neat way to go I, I think generally people like that because that's like kind of been a hallmark of like joss whedon's like writing style is always like upending the unex- the expected or the unexpected or just kind of like i mean like defying the conventions like you know like i mean that's kind of what the premise of buffy was in, in and of itself it was like okay here is here's you know sweet sweet innocent peppy cheerleader who's actually like a butt kicking superhero exactly that's what i was trying to explain to joe because joe's like i can't understand sarah michelle Gellar's 105 pounds like how is she doing this i was like yeah it's her destiny yeah Yeah. and like and like and like and it has like all the weight and gravitas of like a superhero story so like that was always like kind of the kind of the the like what i think kind of the appeal of what joss whedon was doing right in this in this medium was always just kind of ups, upending things or like twisting things because like he had no qualms about killing characters you know and killing characters in like surprising ways so like you know so it was yeah. like you were so you know even this like you know this sort of at the end of his like tv run you know his major tv run you know you're still kind of like oh wow he's you know still, still doing got it, it. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's cool so back at it, we still got more people fighting other people. Wesley <laughs> attacks uh, Civis Vale, who quickly recovers and restrains Wesley uh, with magic. So they had the two magic guys go up against each other. That was um, neat. That was cool. Yeah. Uh, vale then stabs uh, Wesley with a large knife, twisting it inside. Wesley releases a final burst of magic, momentarily stunning Vale. He crashes to the floor. Uh, Elyria storms in is distraught about finding Wes mortally wounded. She again offers to lie to him, appearing as Fred, and then this time he accepts. Wesley tells her that he missed her and that she kisses him, reassuring that they will be together again soon. Wesley tells her that he loves her, weeping. She tells him that she loves him too. He dies in her arms a few moments later. Vale awakens to find a crying woman holding Wesley's body. He taunts her as she stands before him, daring her to take a best shot. As she swings and like throws a throws a punch in the middle of it she transforms back into lyra uh and her fish shatters veil's head causing it to explode which was actually pretty good like it was actually pretty decent effects yeah this is something usually i see cop-outs on uh i liked it yeah Yeah, i really i liked that too and i love 
I mean, it had love, it had sadness. Wesley, you're not gonna know this show, but he was also carry on from Buffy. I think he started like season three of Buffy. Or yeah, something he was. Like uh, he was. He was Faith's Walker. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So, Joe, we'll, we'll go down that path. But so, in some, in even in this way, um, just my, you know, from when I used to watch it, th- that was a sad moment. And it, it goes from sad to really loving, and then that kick-ass moment. I just really, I enjoyed that little sequence. It's also pretty cool that a character started on one show and then found its destiny and end in another, mm-hmm. but still carrying the same like character line. Uh, yeah. which I thought was pretty cool. Like exactly. I got, I kind of got the gist of what was happening. Yeah. Uh, even though we haven't, you know, caught up on it. And he well, like the law firm. I was going to say too, when he was on Buffy, it wasn't like he was some, like somebody rooted for either. Like he was like, eh, he's kind of a pain in the ass. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, was like, he was a, he was a wet blanket. He was a wet yeah, blanket. Exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then he, be, and then, and then he became like a badass. Like by, by yeah. the time he ended up on Angel, like he becomes like full on bad. Like he's wielding magic by the end. You know, he's like throwing spells. Exactly. Around. Exactly. So that's good development. Okay. Back at the law firm, Angel is losing the fight with Hamilton. Hamilton asks why Angel continues to fight, even though he's signed kind of way his his life and he's not going to get anything out of this. Angel replies that people who don't care about anything will never understand the people who do care about things. Unimpressed, Hamilton prepares to stake him, but Connor appears out of nowhere and knocks Hamilton away from his father. This is why I asked if he had powers, because... A 15-year-old boy running up and punching like a demigod across the floor is not really going to do it for me unless he had like secret powers. So, Well, also, Angel said that line like after he's like, as long as you're okay, they can't destroy me. He said that to his kids. So I was like, oh, well, maybe the kid is some kind of like key to something. I wasn't quite sure either. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there was anything more than just like the emotional like you're my son and I love you kind of moment with that yeah i think the i I, my speculation and not having remembered because the the connor plot line was probably the one one of the ones i didn't like that much from the show uh uh so i don't remember the intricacies of it and it was also during that period where joss whedon was actually juggling three shows because he had this buffy and firefly going on at the same time so this this last season was the first time he had like his full attention on yeah and then he got this and then he got the firefly movie so then he had to leave during the second half of it so um he dialed it in I, for connor <laughs> yeah but I, but I think i think for connor like i think it was just that he's like half vampire and that was sort of like the justification for like his like superior you know so his like you know he Extra can go strength. He's, like, he's 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 a he's a uh teenage blade yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a little whinier yeah so the two take on hamilton together but even their combined strength, they cannot inflict a single bruise. So Hamilton boasts that he has the power of the senior partners that run through his ba- run through his veins. Angel says, can you pick out the word that you probably shouldn't have said? Rushing at Hamilton, Angel assumes his vampire form and draws Hamilton's power by drinking his blood. Beats him to the ground and snaps Hamilton's neck yes. with a fist blow to the head. The, be- the building begins to shake for some fucking reason. And then yeah. Angel tells Connor to leave. Connor reluctantly leaves, and Angel then finds Eve, who I don't even know who the fuck this girl is, and like that's, where she came from. That's the one that was with like, like with Phyllis, Lindsay, and she yeah. Was the but I don't. I did not see how she got into the building, and then no. like finally there. Was I in a coma? Was I just like I was probably typing up this goddamn <laughs> novel that I wrote? To you guys. <laughs> no, I. So then he tells Eve there. that they're getting kicked out of the garden. Okay, cool Bible reference. Eve refuses <laughs> to leave without Lindsay. Only for Angel to tell that Lindsay isn't coming, Eve realizes that Angel 
has had to probably kill him. Angel yep. grabs his sword of his weapons rack and then runs out while Eve wonders where she has left to go. I did like that they turned Angel into a vampire one more time. You know what I mean? Just like that was how, like he he's on this quest to not do those things, but that was how he ultimately had to win, basically. The end. Finally. Oh, the end. Last yeah. scene. Here we go. Oh. Survivors meet in a back alley of the Hyperion Hotel in the pouring rain. Angel arrives to find Spike already waiting, having successfully rescued the baby and destroyed the brethren. Gun shows up next. He's mortally injured. He has like a stab wound to the yeah. stomach, so you can yeah. kind of guess that he's going to die. Alaria arrives seconds later and informs them that Wellesley's dead, um, saying that she grieves for Wellesley and uh, wishes to do more violence. That's actually a sentence. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, the vast demon army of the senior partners advance on the floor. Despite knowing that they have no chance of surviving, all agree to go down fighting. As the demon army approaches, Angel expresses interest in taking down this giant dragon that's coming towards them. As the group goes into the battle, Angel swings his sword, telling them, let's go to work. Cut to black. Cut to friggin' black. Because when it cut to black, I literally said out loud, I'm sorry, what? And I had to (laughs) rewind it. Because I was like, what? You should, they, they, should have, they, should have, they should have ended with uh, Don't Stop Believing. Yeah, know. exactly. <laughs> Perfection. I just, I was so, up to this point, I was like, ooh, ooh, I'm into this. I'm into this, you know, whatever, whatever. And then I'm like, oh, it just ends? Like, what? You've been I a- like it. Poetic. Yeah, I don't know. I just. I, I liked it because you knew another guy was going to die. They're going to go down swinging, which yeah. is the best that you can hope for. Yeah. And that you never really find out who lives or dies. And I assume that they did that based off of maybe another spinoff or a movie or something. Right. That with the injected cash that they could get could really yeah. do this right, which yeah. would be cool because similar to like Avengers Endgame, you have all these like other people coming to back them up or something. Maybe other people from the show Ooh. like come out of like that have disappeared or fallen off. Like all these other characters like rally to go fight this whole thing. And that's where I saw it kind of going. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings or, or 300 better yet 300. Yeah. So after the 300 die, you see this like army of the Spartans coming to then face off with the army that had beaten the 300. Yes. So that's kind of where it went in the comics when they did like the Buffy and angel expanded universe. Oh. Uh, over the years, like it, like you know, like LA becomes like a kind of like demonic war zone, and the, like it's carved up into territories, and like different demon lords take over, and then like Buffy's like got like this worldwide organization of like slayers because they activated all the slayers at the end of her her season. Oh so they, my so, god! So, so they so they so they like really like committed to this big thing, but it also got to the point where it got so ridiculous because I I actually bailed out of it because it got so ridiculous because it was like once they didn't have to be bound by like the rules of like physics and like, you know, TV budgets, it just got like, so, you know, it just got insane. Like, oh yeah. Know, then they like, can serve like, how they I want. mean, there's literally like a point where like angel, like I think angel becomes like a anti-hero. Like he literally becomes Batman except Batman with like powers. Like he can fly like yeah. at one point, like, a, like there, you know, so there was, so it got like totally, totally ridiculous. But I, I, I think to Joe's point, I really liked uh, what I liked about the ending, like in retrospect or like some time removed from it was that it was sort of like this fight is never ending. Like you'll never like evil will always exist. 
but there will always be good people to sort of stand up no matter the no matter the odds you know like it's like this is you know this is just kind of this unending battle and you know and like and people you know and people don't will not not everyone's going to understand that kind of battle was it as satisfying you know from you know and i think you know because like the stuff that sort of precluded all of what happened in the episode sort of like i think gave me the emotional closure that i need with the characters and like okay everyone kind of got the rap you know sort of the wrap-ups on their storylines to you know varying degrees or you know or at least like you know i got that i got their kind of closure right. so that's why i kind of that's why i kind of like reconciled it because it was sort of like what bugged me about like something like Buffy was that like it sort of had like an ending and then we got like another ending two years later that felt a little more false and yeah and that, or, or like you get some or you get other shows that just don't get endings so it was like like was it maybe as conclusively a closure as like maybe the creators wanted and eh, probably not but I think it, you know given the circumstances around it's like making like it's probably you know, like without saying like definitively like this is your last season you know they you know they were probably well into production when they got the cancellation order you know, so it was kind of like, okay, we have to kind of jury rig something together with like whatever cash we have left. So, I, you know, I was like, okay, this kind of works rather than this being like, okay, season five, we're going into this and we're, this is it. We're going to pull all the stops out. And I still feel like they pulled all the stops out. So yeah, I do yeah. feel like, like I'm, when it was over, despite mm-hmm. the last three minutes there, yeah, I was happy that there wasn't another season. Cause I was like, geez, it was really nice that they were each wrapped up and they, mm-hmm. you know, someone, someone's always got to die. Someone's got to die. Yeah evolve you know so i thought that was actually really nice and i was glad there wasn't a season six really um it was just those last few minutes and i was like oh like we're just yeah we're just gonna stop it okay well well, and it was and it was kind of wild to me because it's like it's very different from like the way we consume tv now because like you know you're like your average drama show on like netflix is like 10 episodes you know and like you know, cable, you know, cable, cable seasons were like 13, you know, 13 hour longs. And now, you know, they're kind of like, they're kind of getting closer to like movie length. Yeah. You know, just like being like long movies now, but like this was 22 episodes. Yeah. You know, from, you know, fall to spring, you know, the following year, you know, you know, weekly, you know, so it was like, okay, so they had to sustain like these like overarching plot lines, which was kind of what was novel about Joss Whedon's kind of world. But then they, you also had these like, you know, you had to have these like standalone, you know, it's kind of procedural episodes of like, okay, I got to go solve the case of the missing, the missing widow or the, you know, right. or, the lost, or the lost cat or whatever, you know. Mystery then, of the week, yeah. Yeah. So, so there was always like that element to it. And like, you don't really get that anymore. Like, I think maybe even the closest to that might be the, um, the CW superhero shows, but I don't even think they're running, you know, like I remember when I watched Arrow and like Arrow was like a 22 episode season. I was like, man, this is so grueling. Yeah. So like, so like for everything to kind of like end up like wrapped up in like a nice bow, you know, by the end of it, you know, and, and even like as sudden as it kind of felt because I was like, oh, this is, you know, there's, you know, this is only a 42 minute episode. It's like, you know, I just finished like Haunting a Bly Manor and like, I was like, this was like an hour long episode. Right. <laughs> you know, for every, every episode was like a solid hour, you know, and I was like, and you could see, you know, and they had to build in commercial breaks. And so there was like, there's a very different manner of like storytelling that sort of because of the limitations of that particular medium. And like the fact that I didn't even watch it uh you know i didn't watch you know i watched it on dvd so you know i was just renting the dvds oh yeah you could just zip through yeah so you were you know i just throw the disc in and i watched five you know i binge five episodes you know at that point you know that was that was binge watching back then in 2005 right it is different that like you bring up a good point because a lot of shows for a while there we were like on a 2001 kick right joe like that was the year we watched like five shows within that (laughs) year and they were just so long that now when we talk about we're like oh well this show was six seasons and this show was six seasons 
that doesn't always equate to the same thing. Like Smallville, <laughs> yeah. like like ginormous, you yeah. know. So by the time we wrap that up, or even like Scandal, like yeah. I think what was there, Joe? Five or six seasons of Scandal, and we like yeah, and kind of speaking to your point too. Like I crushed Bly Manor in like a lunch break. Yeah, like it was just like it's just the way we consume content now, and they actually like play with those storylines to keep it going and to keep it people entertained and interjected with new twist turns that actually were sustainable over a long period of time is, is pretty remarkable and uh, we see a lot of that with the cw and the wb mm-hmm. and you know where those shows have gone so i think it's you know to the network too for keeping it going yeah uh, but also um how weird would it have been if buffy was the one that stepped in right next to him at the end and was I like wanted... let's go to work or something yes. like that that would have yes. been pretty cool I did. I, they were. They were, gonna... they, they were. They were talking about it. They were talking okay. about her coming back, but they did. Uh, 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 but I think it was like too late for the scheduling at that oh. point. And then, like, and then they sort of, you know, kind of concocted that, like, oh, well, then it be, then it become the last episodes become about the guest star, not about the main character. You know, the the, yeah. the core cast. So it's like yeah, I kind of watered get... down the Buffy franchise if she did. That. Yeah, but yeah. I thought it'd be cool. Yeah, because I think she only also appeared only in like one episode of Angel. Like she, there's like one episode where she like comes to Los Angeles, like, and it's like part of her like summer. It's like before the, her season of Buffy starts. You know, it's like one of those weird crossovers. But she yeah. didn't have like a, she didn't have like an extended arc. But you know, by then she had kind of gone off. You know, when Angel left, she kind of gone off the rails and was dating. You know, I mean, she dated Spike at one point. So I was actually <laughs> gonna ask you, like, who yeah. you preferred her with, Angel or Spike? uh definitely spike was the more entertaining relationship in okay. terms of the in terms of the in terms of the stuff like angel is like it's it's sort of it's sort of the duncan logan thing from veronica mars like yeah like, yeah like yeah it, like duncan's like the like probably in the aggregate duncan's probably the better guy like he's more caring like you know he's actually sympathetic and he's not yeah. like you know but like but he's, but he's a dud yeah every <laughs> yeah. cw show does that vampire yeah. diaries yep. they all yeah. do it there's one yeah. that's like dark and mysterious it's kind of an asshole but he's good like every once in a while and that's when you know people that wins people over and stuff yep. like that kind of just that character niche that yeah. happens and like that. and like and like angel and angel was kind of enhanced because of the people around him. you know it was like it was more of the yeah. side characters around him that really helped you know that really helped like make that you know show. like angel himself isn't you know he's he's a he's a dour kind of guy you know he's just right you know just brooding, brooding. You know? that's why yeah. i always think of him as like yeah Shadows brooding. yeah you know and, and then uh and you know and then you know you get the you know you kind of get the wisecracking and like and like i think david boreanaz yeah. like kind of loosened up by you know like i think like um the writers definitely got a little bit more from him, uh, you know, as this as the season went on, and I think as he kind of like found the character a little bit more. So, because like he's definitely like a lighter character, even in you know, even as like dark as heavy as this last episode is, like yes. he's definitely like feels a little looser, doesn't feel as stiff, you know. That's and kind awkward. of why I asked Joe in the in the first one. I was like, "What do you think of David Boreanaz?" Because it, it is kind of like, yeah, yeah. I, I always. Yeah. I don't know. I'm on the yeah. fence, but yeah. Then, then he then he gets to bones, and he's just allowed to throw. You know, then he's just you know cons- consistently flirting yeah. with like Deschanel for eight seasons, and exactly. he's, like, making him that paycheck. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. So there's one thing that we always ask before we wrap up. There was one thing. Well, we were doing it for a while. Um, we asked the guest if you had to. How did Joey phrase it? Where we kill? Off so if you were if you could kill one main character and not affect the whole flow of the show, who would you kill off? like early and make that person disappear as if you think it won't affect the show at all. Ooh, that's tough. Uh, 
I think it would probably be that Wellesley guy. Really? Uh, yeah. Or do you really need his story and the love line, like that that kind of like that love connection, or do you can you live without it, or can you kill like the dude that messed up everyone in the actually actually office? actually I think it'd probably be Gun, even though Gun is like the most like LA tie to the show. Uh, just because it's actually like, the like only bit of diversity in the entire show. And, and, right. and he's the only bit of diversity. If it wasn't Gunn, it would probably be the Connor character, but Connor doesn't come in. Like Gunn comes in like season two, or maybe he's even late season one. Okay. So yeah, but it's just like I think Gunn's character doesn't. They didn't do enough with Gunn's character about the LA like community stuff. Like it always kind of like you know basically he's just like a kid who runs into vampires, or he's been fighting vampires on his own that have been like ravaging like the street gangs and stuff like that. But then like, and like Angel saves him and then he's like, I want to join you because you, you know, you do, you do, you do this. And he sort of, they sort of have like, a, I'm going to kill you one day, Angel, but then they get like their mutual Yeah, he seems like a pretty good character because he spent his day, we didn't even touch on him. <laughs> he spent his day going to like, um, what was it? Like, like an orphanage like, or something? Like a, like a, a youth, like a youth it was like, Yeah, it was like a youth shelter. Yeah. And I like, like what that. she says there too. And she, yeah. she says something about like, he's asking her like, what if you knew it was the last day? And she's like, and she basically says like, well, you, we go on with business as usual. You know, I thought that was kind of actually a nice. Yeah, I get these, yeah. I get these boxes on the truck a lot faster. Yeah. 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 So like, so like there's like, you know, so there's that aspect of it. And I don't think they played with that enough. The probably only character I truly, truly hated in this entire run of show is probably the Connor character. And I think it was just because <laughs> he was like, he was just like very underwritten and it was just like, uh, and I think Vincent Carthizer did like, you know, despite like him sort of having a career playing like the whiny, like petulant kind of yes. character, like, you know, and this was like that to the apex. Um, he just, uh, I don't think he serves too much, like ha- having Angel have like a child to like, he has to like worry about and care about. Like, I think it would have been better if like the child was actually like a child, like if there was sort of like a, you know, like a, yeah. a, a, a like a lone wolf cup, baby Yoda, you know, that kind of, you know, that kind of, you know, narrative, because then it, I think it raises the stakes because you have something that's like literally defenseless that he has to defend yes. versus like this before, besides, before, besides this like guy who can like actually kick butt and, you know, and just yeah, like, he's 20 know, years old. He's on his way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like it just, it just didn't, it just never really, that, that plot line never did anything for me. Like it, I think it was probably the, one of the worst, you know, worst seasons of like the Buffy verse uh an aggregate you know just didn't i didn't hold you know there were good episodes but there wasn't anything that really held my attention and it was just like it, it was more of an excuse to like bring in more like cast members from the other from like right from like his old yeah. life as vampire so uh so that would probably be the one that I would get rid of be, yeah because it just didn't do it didn't add it didn't add a whole lot so i think that's pretty cool um is there any final thoughts that you have on this episode or as a series as a whole uh i you know i I think for most people, they don't want to give it a chance. And I think like, you know, uh, I know, uh, I know like we're all kind of crammed into our, into our lives. And I wish, you know, some enduring fan would just do like a super cut or like the, 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 um, the machete edit of, uh, yeah. of, like, of like the show, because like, I do think it's actually like worth watching. And if you do like Joss Whedon and I know like I've kind of, tempered down a little bit on Joss Whedon after like his, his run on the Avengers because he kind of just started hitting quips, 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 quips. And like, it just stopped being fun. And then like, you know, then, you know, dollhouse was like kind of weird and you know, some of his other shows, but like this, but this was like, this was like, this era was like peak Whedon. And so like everything just kind of flows, it hits. And like, even when it doesn't hit, like you're always going to get something interesting out of it that you wouldn't expect. And it's probably a little dated, 
today, you know, the effects are bad, you know, the effects aren't good, you know, some of the acting's a little stilted, you know, you always have to remember what the audience was for these things, but, you know, they're definitely worth catching up with, or even just, you know, asking for like the top, like 10 episodes to watch from people. Right. And I do think that, for, you know, from my perspective that it did, I liked the evolution of it. I did think it got better. I'm actually running more into our se- like, as we're doing our season two of the show, I'm running more into liking some finales better than the pilots. This has yeah. already happened again. It happened with Xena and <laughs> it happened here too. So uh, what'd you think, Joe? So I really liked the show. I was surprised in how much I liked the show. One thing we talked about in episode one is I'm a big vampire guy. I like the kind of vampire storytelling. I like everything that goes into it. I wasn't a Buffy guy. I've never seen Buffy. I've also obviously never seen Angel, Um, but I did enjoy it. As far as you were talking effects go, I think they were better than most. I think that we've Mm -hmm. seen in the time period that we were Mm -hmm. watching because this ends in 2005. Um, It has some a little bit more juice to it. And I think that if you compare it to other things, even on the same network like Smallville, it it had better effects. It just felt like. You can get away with that because a vampire is more like hand-to-hand fighting combat. It's much easier just to hire a stuntman than it is to create special effects and stuff at that time. Just the amount of hours and and time that goes into it. So I thought it was better than most. I think that it's something that you could definitely sit down and watch. And especially if you're a fan of TV during this time, there's a kind of nostalgia factor to it that I've already started to see and kind of see develop, (laughs) even within myself as we kind of go back and watch some of these, that this is a show that would have you know relevance to me um even though i kind of mess up the ending for myself it's kind of <laughs> cool and i would give it a shot if, if this is something that you're into if you're into vampires if you're into this realm if you're into kind of like sci-fi or even as you want to follow the director you know that has gone on and done avengers and so many other things that affect what you watch today um or, or writer produce, you know, Avengers and, and other things and other content that you've watched. If you kind of want to follow their story, it's kind of cool to see their evolution too. So yeah, definitely something I would check out. For sure. For sure. Thank you so much, Phil, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, thanks, Phil. Super yeah. expert over here. Yeah. Always, yeah. We, yeah we've been looking out with these great experts that, <laughs> that have come on here. Cause I know there's like some shows that I would call myself an expert on, but yeah. you would ask me some rando question. Like you asked him and I'd be like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like if you ask me Game of Thrones <laughs> questions, I've watched every Game of Thrones episode intensely with the lights out and the sound up to like a dozen, like, like through the roof and, I would be like, I don't know, there's some like weird elf dude or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know all, you know all of that. So it, we, it, that. we've been, you know, very fortunate. And uh, thanks again, Phil. It was super fun having you. Of course, um, my pleasure. Don't forget to follow us at Spoil Everything Pod, but more so. Go to our website, wespoileverything.com, because I've updated it for season two, and nobody ever goes to our website. <laughs> Get us back on the podcast magazine's top yes. hot 50 because they are actually doing a podcast about the hot 50. We want to get back on there. Yes. Um, that'd be fucking awesome. So, so go vote, vote us in us again, please. Month. Get us back up there. Um, more notoriety recognition and stuff like that. Be really cool. Thanks, guys. Thank you.